ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. How's it going, everyone? Um, hope you're all doing well wherever you are located in the world. Um, and this one today, this was a, a live Q&A that me and Laura just recorded last night. As always, you know, these things go all over the place. We definitely started talking about, at the beginning of this one, we started talking about uh, soulmates, uh, twin flame reunions. Um, we also talked about the journey of the soul and how consciousness is linked to this and some things on our journey, how we're constantly still evolving and learning new stuff about this, you know. Um, we talked also, I brought forward a funny story I experienced I had the other day with a cow. Um, it's a funny one, I'm not going to spoil it, but you'll have to listen to this one to find out, but it's a funny encounter that I had with a cow. Um, let's say it was funny to say the least. And also I also spoke about a, a really funny Craigslist ad that was wrote by a guy who was trying to um, find a woman to make love underneath the eclipse with... <laughs> Uh, which is really funny. Um, I just wanted to mention, guys, as well, that this is probably, probably, maybe, it's probably most likely going to be the, the last podcast um, before the Hangout. The Hangout is on Sunday, so it's a, it's about five days from now, I think it is. Five days it is from the from the Hangout now. Um, so uh, me and Laura are going to be heading down a little bit earlier. We're going to be heading down on a Friday, so this will probably be, so that's realistically only four, three or four days from now. And we've actually got quite a lot of stuff that we need to do in the van. Um, we need to start. Um, we've got some last adjustments that we need to do with the van. Um, as it's probably going to be the last few days that we can actually work on the van, to be honest. So we've got a lot to do over the next few days. So I can't promise there'll be a podcast out. I've also got a lot of other stuff that I need to be doing. Um, also, just want to mention, guys, as well, that if you can, you know, um, if you are in a position out there and you feel and you feel it in your heart and you can support this podcast, it would really mean a lot, you know, um, uh, I'm not saying this in a way, I know there's loads of people out there um, who can't support the podcast, but I, I keep reiterating this every single week. Um, but, um, you know, the podcast for me takes up a lot of time. And um, if I can get this podcast into a position, you know, where it really is like financially sound, you know, I can continue to do this thing, you know. Um, and with that not being the case at the moment, you know, it's, for me, it's, um, you know, I might not be able to, I, I can't commit everything to it, you know and continue to keep turning up every single week and i'm not saying that in a way that's got nothing to do with you guys i'm just reaching out in a way from my heart to say you know um if you value this uh, just like you value other stuff in the world you know um it would mean a lot if you could support the podcast in any way or shape or form that you can um and it would just keep allow me to keep this podcast going you know i'm, I'm, I'm trying my best over the last few years um but sometimes it's not it's not easy you know um I give it takes a lot of attention and and I'm sometimes I'm getting to a point now where um where I do have to start putting my focus in other things as well um to, you know to 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 I can keep doing this podcast you know that's all I'm saying anyway I love you all wherever you are in the world um 
and enjoy this one. And if uh, also if you're coming to the hangout on the 20th, the free hangout that I've set up, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you there anyway. Peace out wherever you are in the world. How's it going everyone? So um, as we always do, we're going to jump in and do a live Q&A, but we just wanted to have a little bit of a ramble at the start and some things that we've been thinking about and some th- observing our thoughts that's sort of been going on in our lives. Um, but just to start this, when it comes to the, as you can see from the title of this, uh, soul, Soulmates and the Journey of the Soul, this is something that as you start waking up on your journey, if you want to use that word, whatever word you want to use, you start you know moving towards realignment of these sort of um these these concepts, um, these higher sort of these higher states of concepts that are are prevalent throughout the spirituality community. You know things like twin flame, things like karmic cycles, and things like that. And for for me and Laura, the the topic of soulmates and everything that comes with that and is tied to that, this is something that for me and Laura is still very much evolving. Um, when you see a lot of people in the spirituality community talking about twin flames and soulmates and whatever else other connotations you want to put on it, it seems like a lot of people are sort of dug in with their opinions. You know, they're very sort of boxed in with their certain beliefs around it. But through mine and Laura's journey, we feel like just like our souls are evolving, we feel like the concept of our understanding around what soulmates are also, um, you know, are unfolding in a certain way. And I feel like as you start, um going beyond uh, the sort of the the mind sort of see and you start going into the to the unseen realms um, within inside of the self as your consciousness and your awareness expands you start through your own inner unfolding you start getting closer and closer to these questions and start getting closer to this uh, undescribable language that is embedded within twin flames that's embedded within the soulmates because I think we can all see that once you go beyond the normal waking state of mind you know and you start going into the realms of, I don't even know what you want to call it, but going into the, the hidden realms that's, that we all know that there's a world that's interwoven and embed, embedded just on, uh, that abruptly, sort of closely, abruptly, abruptly um, touches this reality that we're in now. You know, all the greatest spiritual teachers have talked about, you know, as you heighten your awareness, you can move into this uh, state of being. And it's it's not easy, you know, we know it's not easy. The sort of the the waking reality sort of pulls us into that, you know, with things that, all these different illusions that attaches us. But as you do that and you move into a different state of mind, you can start seeing how certain people are turning up in certain ways, how maybe the universe has a certain plan for you and it's putting certain, it's bringing certain people in your life for certain reasons that are tied to soulmates, that are tied to twin flame connections, that are tied to karmic events, you know, things that we maybe, contracts that we've maybe agreed with in, in past lives or or just before we've came into this reality to learn or burn off uh, certain uh, realms of karma. Um, so I wanted to ask Laura, ask, ask, ask about this question, because I wanted to see what your thoughts are in relationship to this, like how we've, through, you know, through our relationship and also through, um, you know, your your own sort of navigating your own spiritual awakening, how, have you, how do you view your relationship to all this, to soulmates and things like that? Um... It's, I'm a little bit apprehensive about soulmates and soul connections and karmic connections. Obviously, like your higher self will put you in situations that are 
for your benefit, but it'll also put you in situations that are for your kind of detriment. And I've attracted some really bad situations in my life. So that kind of makes me a little bit apprehensive about what my higher self or my souls like agreed to before I came into this realm. Because I think that obviously as you start to, as you said before, like tune into the work and get into these higher spheres and levels of consciousness, you are going to attract people that are more vibrational matched here, but you're also going to attract, I think to the same extent, deep levels of subconscious programming and that's going to come to the surface so you'll attract kind of maybe toxic relationships as well because we're always on a path of unraveling and unlearning and learning and growing so yeah I think it's I don't know I'm a little bit apprehensive about what my what my souls uh, agreed to yeah about you yeah before we were before we even started this, we, me and Laura were talking about how, you know, there is a bit of apprehension, there's a bit of fear around that, you know, because there's an amazing quote by uh, Kanye West where he says, fear God only. Uh, Laura loves that quote. and uh, I don't think he came up with that quote, but uh, he, he definitely says it a lot. Yeah, well, it's, you know, when you when you start doing really deep work and you start, you know, you start understanding that there is a planet of the universe, you kind of start thinking from that position, um, you know, it can go two ways. You can start surrendering and you can start wor- stop worrying about sort of like life's, um, the, the minutiae in life, you know, you can stop worrying about it and understand that, you know, there is a plan that's playing out here. But you can also, on the other hand as well, which I've had these thoughts on a very regular basis, especially when it comes to all these different karmic ties and soulmates and different reunions that are turning up in my life and things that are presenting themselves, I kind of think in my head as well, you know, what is, what is God you know, I don't. When you use the word God, just to reaffirm that, I don't mean God in the sense of the biblical sense. You know, um, God's just a term that can be used for energy, consciousness, whatever connotation you want to put on it. The self, the higher self. Um, but it's kind of like you know, what is that? What is that? God, like energy, God installed for me. You know, what is what is it going to be presenting for me in my life? Because um, we can all see that in our lives things are constantly turning up for us it's and at times it can be really challenging it can turn our life upside down and people can come in our lives and can give us teachers really harsh lessons and we can you know we can uh, have a situation that plays out our lives away in the moment it seems like there's no way out of this and but it's only sometimes you know later down the line where we realize that oh that's why that did that and you can sort of uh, breathe in the situation. But even with that said, it still gets very challenging. And you can start thinking, you can start having the perspective like, you know, what what is going to happen tomorrow? You know, what is, if um, if some if some things that have happened already and have turned up mysterious, you know, what is what is God's plan? What karma have I got to burn off or something? You know, so it's, when you get into the realms of that, it uh, gets quite interesting. Yeah, I think I always like had this idea when I went through my spiritual awakening, I, I, like I had this belief in granted was that things are always working out for me and I was in a relationship previous to being with Dan for um four or five years and when I broke up with that relationship I was living with that partner I was living in like a four-bedroom house next to a farm we had like a big garden I would go for walks by the river and everything and when that relationship ended I ended up in with my mom and her one-bedroom flat and you know, I was unemployed, I didn't have a job, and I like I remember crying myself to sleep that night when I first came back here. But but at like at that stage I still knew there must be something working out here for like the highest good. And even though it was a really painful time now, like I can see why that was all coming together. Why Mac Miller has a really good lyric. It's he says in one of his songs, he says, Before things come together they have to fall apart. 
And I think that's a really beautiful way to describe how this universe works. It kind of, it's like the tower card and the tarot. Things have to like kind of be ripped apart from underneath your feet for you to kind of ascend to new different levels. But it is a very uh, painful process. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so just something to mix it up a little bit, something that's quite funny. So, you know, the other day it was um, the... It, there was a solar eclipse the other day. Uh, me and Laura went to watch it. It was really interesting. We didn't actually get to see much of the solar eclipse, by the way. I don't know if you out there got to see it wherever you are in the world. Um, but we went outside. It was about 12 o'clock. I think we did some yoga, didn't we? And um, we couldn't really see it. It didn't really, go to a full, it didn't really go to a full solar eclipse. We were expecting it to be this sort of this red like uh, circle around the, the, around the sun and the, with the moon. But that never happened for us. It just sort of went halfway, didn't it? And then yeah. it went back. And um, we've had lots of dreams around that as well. Um, I've had a, a dream in particular around that in relationship to solar events. Laura's had lots of sort of uh, different dreams in relationship with that. Uh, but a while ago, um, I came across this really interesting article. I've mentioned it a long time ago on the podcast, but I wanted to mention it again because I know there's a lot of people who probably haven't heard this. And in in this when 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 the eclipse with the the eclipse that came up the other day, this reminded of this really funny story, and I wanted to share it with you. And this is actually really a real a, a real true story, and this is actually a, a Craigslist ad. Um, so it's an ad in from from America, and it says, um, "Wanted woman who who wants to conceive a child during the total eclipse." So it says the the the, the ad reads, "I am forty years of age." A Caucasian male from Europe. My heritage is strong and pure, whatever that means. <laughs> he says, my looks, my instincts, knowledge and strength is 100% pure and lethal. <laughs> he says, I'm looking for a worthy female with strong genes, beauty and smarts to join me to experience the total eclipse in Oregon. Um, exact place not yet set. He says, if we have chemistry, I would like to make us uh, to like to make love while the eclipse is happening. When the totality occurs, we will have simultaneous orgasms and we'll conceive a child that will be on the next level of human evolution. We will make love together and with my penis <laughs> directed towards the sun, everything will be aligned in the local universe. Both of our cosmic orgasmic energy will be aligned with the planets and in the brief moment of ecstasy, we will understand everything and together create a new universe full of love. Uh, it says, P.S. You must like cats. Drugs are okay. Uh, nitrous oxide while we climax and experience and total con conception is okay with me. <laughs> I love his confidence. He's like, my knowledge is lethal. <laughs> I mean, how 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 funny is that? I mean, uh, I wonder I wonder um, who that guy is out there. You know, I wonder if he actually got to if he actually got to meet that girl. You know, if he got to the to if he got to experience the totality. With his penis uh, pointing towards the, uh, the sun. There's a demigod <laughs> walking around somewhere. As <laughs> a demigod. <laughs> Might be a few demigods walking around now with that. <laughs> I mean, Laura had another funny, really story the other day as well. Uh, just before we dive in and start interacting with a few questions, we went um, on a hike uh, to... Um, maybe Laura's story of this is a bit different to mine yeah you tell your version because that's the the more exaggerated and funny version <laughs> I'll tell it more from a realist perspective yeah. and it won't so, be as funny so anyway me and Laura went for a hike um and what happened was was and um, we were trying to find this lake like sort of a, a hidden lake we like trying to find these sort of hidden walks where you know where it's not tourist spots and stuff like that and what happened was is um you know Laura's navigation I said this on my Instagram, but Laura's navigational skills are as good as Bill Gates's health advice in terms of where to find certain things to go to. So anyway, we yeah. So anyway, we found ourselves treaching through this farmer's field um, in the UK, 
walking through all the cow shit. And um, we anyway, we, we sort of got so, so far on the trail and we decided that we had to turn back and come back because we were going the wrong way. We wanted to go to the lake. So as we turned back around and um, we walked through the field and, and in the UK, there's sort of like a lot of walks that are still are still public land but they're on private land so it's like sort of in between sort of say so you're gonna be walking through farmers fields and stuff like that it's like sort of a certain law where you can still walk through certain areas but there's still farm animals in the on the field and stuff so you're just walking through farmland and um we've seen a, a group of cows in the distance and um you know i've had occurrences before with animals and certain sheep and stuff where they've acted weird when you walk past them so anyway we walk towards uh, this this group of sheep and um you know it's kind of it's kind of weird because um you know cows sort of um cows in their nature you know as they're a very soft creature you know they're very they're very delicate you know they're they're, they're curious obviously but they're very delicate um and after I tell the story as well I don't know why in India they actually worship them because I, I wouldn't be worshiping them worshiping them anymore after the story I tell you. So anyway, um, we started walking towards closer to them, and I, I you know, when you get a vibe, you just, this doesn't feel right. So, like something's gonna go down here, you know. They're looking at us in a, in a weird way. Um, so anyway, we started walking closer and closer to this pack of cows, about twenty or thirty of them maybe. Yeah. And um, they were like, you know, they were all lined up, just staring straight at us, and they wouldn't move off the trail. So as we started walking slower and slower to them. You know, the energy was getting a little bit shifty and we could feel like it's this is not right. Um, so anyway, as I started walking closer to them, I said, Laura, you know, we're going to have to run here. We're going to have to run past them. We're going to have to jog around them. And we started moving away from the pack of them. And as we started doing that, as we started moving, they started moving closer and closer to us on the trail. And we were exposed in this huge, large field, which was hilarious. Um, so anyway, I said, Laura, we're going to have to we're going to have to jog here. And, and I thought the worst thing you can do at this moment was start a jog because you're going to panic them. <laughs> and I thought like you want to like keep a calm demeanor, let the energy be like soft. But he's like he's belting for it, and I'm just standing there like, no, Dad, don't do it. So anyway, I started jogging, and as I started jogging, they just the whole herd just came tumbling towards us, and one cow in particular was leading the herd and was right at the front and started just marching towards us, and I didn't realize how fast it could actually run. Uh, this one black sheep. It was a uh, black sheep. <laughs> uh, one black cow. Um, he was going for it like that cow. Yeah, and it was literally pelting for us, wasn't it? It was pelting for us, trying to ram us, and I had a stick in my hands. And as I was running in mid floor, it was like some matrix shit. I turned turned on my side, and I was, as I was sprinting and full sprinting, this cow was heading straight towards us, and I threw a stick <laughs> towards it in its face, and it just pelted away and turned away. Um, you know, and I was thinking if we had that on camera, it would have been it would have been on YouTube, you know, viral. Something so funny where a guy walks through field thinking he's all cocky and confident and gets a uh, get his ass handed to him by a group of cows. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny because uh, Laura was like, "Oh, what are you doing, Dan? Don't be scared." And then, funny enough, I was like, "We're gonna have to climb over the private fence here and get past them because we couldn't get past them." And um, we were creeping along this this side of this fence like with um, the barbed wire. Had, he made us climb over a barbed wire fence because he, he aggravated the cows and got them all riled up. Yeah, yeah, they were after us for sure. Yeah, it was an experience. He brings the laughs yeah. whenever we go out. So yeah, there must have been uh, there must have been Bull Gates, Bull Gates's army. <laughs> anyway, guys, it's a name from anyway. Yeah, anyway, we'll dive in and start interacting. Um, so uh, the first comment is by Fred Fortress. He says, I think that's how you pronounce it. He says, says uh, yeah, Fortress. He says, the only way for, for your soul, the only way for uh, to, to reach the highest realm is to repeat your sin, sins. Repent. Sorry, repent your sins and declare to the Jesus, Jesus the Lord. 
Jesus is your Lord. Do you want to go first on that? You one? can if you want. Um, I think I think this is that like with all religions, there's a certain element of truth in that, but they can be quite uh, they can become quite dogmatic. I think um, I don't think Jesus is God. I think that's a that's a misconception. I know Owen Benjamin likes to talk about that in the Trinity, saying how how can Jesus be God when he's he's made like loads of references in the Bible of he's not the Father, he's just bringing the message of the Father. So I think that's a little bit misconstrued, but um, I think the element of truth in that is that um, to repent your sins means to kind of acknowledge areas of your life where you've sold yourself out for short-term game, um, short-term, like, a hit of dopamine or anything like that. It could be, for instance, watching pornography. To watch pornography, you get a short hit of dopamine, but um, you don't realise how it's affecting you physiologically, you don't realise how it's affecting you on deeper levels in relationships, don't realize how it's making you isolated you don't realize the grander effect it's having on the planet with human trafficking and and a, a distorted view of sexual energy so i think to repent your sins is to kind of acknowledge areas of your life where you've kind of sold yourself out into and to bring yourself back into the heart center forgive yourself and forgive other people that have been involved so i think it's the there is truth in that but i think people can be quite dogmatic in saying repent your sins to jesus the lord when I don't really think uh, that's the case. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of truth in... I think when it comes to doing the work of spirituality, we all know that there's a lot of hidden mythology that is that does correspond to, to divine truth. You know, we all know there's great divine truth in the Bible and biblical terms and stuff like that, you know. And when, when you say the word repent your sins, it does put a lot of people off, you know. You're like, nah, screw that, it doesn't sound right. You know, repent your sins, as Laura says. But, um, you know, obviously we are repenting our sins to a certain degree when we're, we're, we're you know, we're healing ourselves. It is repenting our sins to a certain degree. We're healing certain wounds and bringing certain emotions to the surface and transmuting them into light, you know. But I kind of feel like within relig religious communities, why you get a lot of people sort of seeing that kind of connotation? Because when it comes to the podcast, you know, if, when you've got a name like Ascend, for example, or you're talking about spirituality, you always get someone in the comments who will throw a... A religious term and you know that's just copied and pasted you know or they'll, or they'll copy and paste for example um a, ver a scripture or a verse from a certain biblical term you know um, and i kind of feel like um you know if, if religion makes you a great good person and it, ma and it makes you a better person then good for you but it's kind of you know it, there is a dogmatic approach to it and also as well i feel like especially the way that's worded as well to a certain degree and um, you know declare jesus as your lord it kind of feels like um in religion it feels like a lot of people are giving their power away from themselves that's what i feel you know so the real you know the the real uh, message of jesus as laura says was you know you're the god you're the god with inside yourself but when people talk from a biblical sense they always say you know that that you're taking the power away from yourself and it, i kind of feel like in a way as well people do that generally from a human normal human psychology perspective they do that just to so they don't have to take ownership of the work themselves like they feel like oh someone's going to come and sort it out for us just like for the government now that's going on the planet now people are like oh you know the government will sort us out beg the government for our freedom back yeah. you know we human psychology is to do that we give our power away to forces outside of ourselves without realizing you're already it and you already have the power and um, so i think people anyway do that in a way to is it it's like a thing that they do it's an unconscious thing that they do where they're given their power away to some a force outside of themselves yeah i think fear does that i think fear is a really good uh really good tool for kind of making people frantic and put their power outside themselves it takes it kind of relieves the responsibility from yourself it's like 
it puts you in that childlike state of, oh, mommy will look after me, daddy will look after me, but it's adults doing it with something else. The next yeah, day Spiritual- spirituality is a weird one because, you know, we're already, we're all, we were all indoctrinated at one point, we're all, all in boxes, and we come out of, like, for example, we, you know, we come out of spirituality to get out of the box, but then we come into spirituality and we start putting ourselves in other box, you know, we start identifying, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, whatever it is, and uh, it can, you know, it can be, it can be also another detriment uh, to, you know, to, to awakening to a kind of kind of degree. Yeah. Um. So, offer good in the kingdom of the souls. That's me, Dad. Actually, my Dad actually asked the question. Um. Hi, Dan. Um. Hope you and both both Laura are well. Um. Do do souls recognize one another? Uh, when when you meet. Um. So this is something that um when it comes to when it comes to like like me and Laura said before. When it comes to the topic of twin flame relationships, soul contracts, karmic ties, whatever it may be, um, as you move past the the Western mind and you go into the sort of the, I don't even know what word you want to put it, the the spiritual mind, or you go into the the precognitive mind, you know where you start tuning into extra, extraordinary ordinary senses, you know senses beyond beyond the five senses, sort of say, you know, like the Egyptians believed in this word called jiva, which meant that the human body actually has access to, I think it was one hundred and eighty senses. It's like 160 or 180 senses they believe that the human body actually had. And uh, once the, you know, the, the being jiva, the higher self within inside of the self is activated, you can access these other realms of perception, you know. And we we're all we all know that um, with the Western mind, there is this perception that the, we are limited to the five senses. But however, as you start going on your own journey and you start developing yourself, you start realizing that... Um, if you've gone deep enough, you know, um, and as, as your journey unfolds, you might find this or you might already be there. You start realizing that there is communications beyond these physical meat suits. Uh, and people are going to just, you know, that the atheist or the normal person is going to dismiss that, you know. And, you know, the right, they're probably right to dismiss that because they haven't experienced it. But when you experience these realms, other realms of possibilities, you start, you know, you know, they're there, you know, they're undeniable. Um, but maybe maybe for some people, that's that's not their path. Maybe for some people, um, it's not right they haven't done enough work maybe to access or something or maybe it's just their game and their game isn't they don't have the, the ability to access this you know or maybe they're just agent smiths as well you know trying to test you you know just like the matrix how there's agent smith people in the matrix trying to test you on certain things to see how much you are willing to believe it you know and push past the program but i've had experiences for example um i had this when i met laura um where i was tapping into um you know, I'm very careful with the words I use on this because I know it has it brings a lot of connotations. But the only language I can describe is is sort of the the inner. The I was tapping into the inner alchemy or the inner energy, if you want to call it that, where the like the the language beyond um, um you know a language beyond the senses, sort of say you know uh, into the the realms of you know what the ancient minds used to talk about the realms of psychic abilities, the realms of the right the 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 areas of uh, precognition, you know. And there is levels under under that um, that you can connect to, and I've had this with other people as well. I I fully believe that um, other people that I come across on my path, I've I've connected with them on that on this on this level of understanding. You know, the level beyond the mind, um, and it's it's you know I'm I'm being tentative the way I describe this because I know it sounds crazy, you know, um, but I can't prove this to you. You know, I can't prove this to anyone, but I know that there is there is moments, and for me. I know there's systems like chi masters and people like that talked about how when great masters could, would they would read your energy, you know, they wouldn't analyze you through your physical body, they would read your energy. And I've had ex- experiences on this on many occasions where I've also been able to read people's energy. And sometimes it's come on spontaneous. Um, 
when I was definitely in the heat of the Kundalini awakening, I was really in that. And then um, I was, you know, I was in the, I was in the language of this and I was able to, to, to read people's emotions on a complete different level than just, you know, than just with the intellect. Um, but I feel like there is, um, in my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, well, I'm definitely not surprised because I've experienced it, but I'm trying to be humble, you know, that if you come across your, have a soul connection or you have a twin twin flame, um, for example, you will tap into a stream that is beyond the human senses. You'll start tap into a stream that's beyond the the physical mind, if that makes sense. Uh, that's There's no doubt that to, to me in that. And like I said, I know that's a big, bold statement because people are going to dismiss it and call it bullshit. Um, but when you've experienced it personally yourself, um, you, you know, you know. Um, so if you haven't experienced it yet, be excited because you might experience it, you might not, you know. Um, the only way I can describe it is that, to try and distill it down a bit more, is that when you take psychedelics, for example, and I'm sure you've all, a lot of you out there have had took psychedelics, and you enter that state of any, of the energetic being, you know, where it seems like the reality is a bit more malleable, you know, the communication is no longer physical, it's it operates on something else. Um you know, you can you can move, uh, you can move matter um, internally in a different way. For example, heal. You can heal yourself. Um, you can clear out certain blockages within your body. It's very similar. This is all tied. You know, there is a, a hidden, there is a hidden dimension that we can access that with our Western mind we've sort of lost touch with. Um, and as you awaken, you know, you move closer to that. I know the awakening is not the right word, but as you unfold, have it in, unfold internally, you get closer to this. You know. Um, so it, it is all there, but for me, it's it's a, it also is a process. Of, for me, on my personal life, it's also as I get pulled more into the mind. Uh, we all get pulled into the mind, you know. We're living in a physical world. I think this is the whole reason why we're in here, you know. Pull the challenges and stuff pull us back into the mind. But um, once you go back into that stillness, you can activate this uh, this inner 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 chemistry, inner alchemy. That's interesting. Don't really have a lot to say about um about souls recognizing each other. I think when when me and Dan met, it was quite a different experience for both of us. Um, I have quite a I have quite a guard up when I meet new people because I'm quite guarded in myself. So I feel like that can sometimes block the kind of energy energy transfer that can happen between people. And I also wonder like how much how much of it is people mirroring back our own nervous system response you know if we're tapping into somebody's energy are they not just are we not just mirroring back and them mirroring back to us like a certain nervous system state of like hypervigilance or or um hypo arousal i'm not sure that's something that i'm kind of just working through in my mind at the moment yeah well, well when me and laura met um for me that was very it activated a lot of stuff in me when I when I first met her, and um, like she said, she she um, she had a block up, and I could feel that block. You know, I could uh, metaphysically, I could feel that block that sh- that she had up. But also, as Laura said, it could be this, there's the instances when you meet certain people where they are mirroring certain aspects within you. You know, and when you're in the work, you start feeling how that mirror starts bouncing backwards and forwards. So, for example, um, in our lives, when you really are, when your awareness is really stretched out there. Uh, you know, this is, for example, the only way I can describe this if you haven't felt this, because um, I'm trying to bridge the gap with this, you know, I'm trying to be careful what I say. 
But if you take psychedelics, for example, and you know the come down period of taking psychedelics where your, your awareness is stretched out and you start realizing how the world around you is operating through your subconscious. So like, for example, family members in your family or something like that will might say something to you and you'll realize that, that how that's a mirror aspect within you, something that's playing out um, or something that you need to deal with or, or an emotion or a trauma that you haven't sort of ironed out, so to say. And when I was with Laura, me and Laura were... Um, you know, we were really in the thick of it, sort of say, in terms of the things that we were experiencing. Um, sorry, when 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 we were meeting, when I was meeting her, I was really in the thick of it, and I could feel how she she was mirroring certain aspects and certain things in me. Like, for example, um, when she was saying certain things, they were bouncing backwards and forwards between in between my own inner dialogue and showing me and bringing things to the surface in me that I hadn't looked at. So I kind of feel like there's there is aspects of that where you will meet certain people, soulmates, soul connections, where oh, the the work will really come to the surface. Yeah, good point. Music's quite loud now. Mm. So uh, Kevin says, "How do Dan and Laura? Hope you're both well." Hi, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear the music, but my mom's playing some like 80s music really loudly. So I just don't, I don't know if you can hear it or not. All I know is said to me, you look like you're having fun. Open up your loving mind. Watch out, here I come. <laughs> don't get demolished. I know, I promise will. A wonderful Van Life says, I got headbutted by a cow in Spain. There's a photo of it on my Insta. That's funny. Do you want to really know another funny little story? Me and Laura, for a couple of days, we had we, Laura had a black eye and I had a massive bump on my bump on my head. I don't think you can still see it. I don't know if you can still see it, but anyway, I've got it. It's gone away now. But me and Laura were doing a bit of a <laughs> jujitsu fighting. <laughs> Dan likes to play fight with me. And when he play fights, he actually puts force into his punches. And then he stops just before my face. So it's like, I told him, like, this terrifies me. Please stop. <laughs> and then it ended up with me getting a black eye and him getting head like a mark on his head. And funny enough, I've just released a video about toxic relationships. And I had to put off recording that because I actually had a black eye and I was thinking about putting the thumbnail as my boyfriend give me a black eye but I thought no that's that's too much but yeah <laughs> I did I had a massive black eye for about three four days yeah so it, was it went pretty quickly but yeah it was funny yeah so it was yeah it was it was <laughs> traumatic <laughs> yeah we fairly we fairly uh whacked each other for sure <laughs> uh, so V says our task is to make nature the blind force of nature into an instrument of universal res I don't even know what that word is res I'm sorry I, I, I'm stupid I don't know what that word is I don't is. know if I meant to say resurrection I think it's spelled I, wrong I don't know I think that looks like an actual word and to become a union of immortal beings that's interesting I've never heard of it and from that perspective before uh, wonderful van life says it was a beautiful, majestic cow. I walked up to it and held out my hand and it just charged at me. I just wanted to connect with the cow. I wasn't expecting that sort of connection, though. <laughs> yeah, I always thought cows were kind of like peaceful, like peaceful beings, like all love and all love. Like when I was vegan, I was like, oh, the poor little cows. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm actually shit scared of them from the, what happened in the field the other day. Yeah, that cow was definitely going to mount us. <laughs> it definitely wanted to sexually mount us. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said that like okay but yeah uh, I see you now says uh, maybe that's you... why people in India love them no offence maybe the people love mountain them 
Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, he's an Aries, by the way. I can't help what he says. He's just Virgo when he talks. He says, um, I see now says, um, do you think when we in- reincarnate, we replay a similar, if not the same life as the previous one with the same people until we get it right? Yes, yeah, so, well, that, yeah. that's a concept of um, the Damien. You know that it's in the Damien's in Greek mythology. Anthony Peake speaks about this in his book, The Damien, and, and many other books as well. The, the concept of that we we have to live out the perfect life, and then once we live out the perfect life, we can we can you know we can move on to the next realm. But it kind of feels like there is uh, an um, there is something that plays out within the deep work. For me, it always comes back to that again and again and again. Every single time you do the deep work, uh, whatever that may be, when your consciousness through psychedelics, um, having you know meditation stillness inside of the self it seems like we're all you know we're all bringing um a, a calmness and a stillness and transmuting things that's deep within us and and bringing them forward at the surface and transmuting them into life it's evident to see that's what we're doing on the journey and as you go through that process uh, you know it's damn challenging to it's damn, cha- damn challenging to iron all them things out but there does seem to be something in in that process and i wouldn't be surprised um this is kind of something that that's um you know, it brings a little bit of fear to me that maybe what, like I said this before on a podcast, but what is it that I can't see, you know? And if there's something that I can't see and then I have to, you know, I'm very much aware that there is, does seem to be some sort of outside force outside of this place that is um, that is governing governing this space. And if, I, and if I, if I kind of like, you know, if I kind of, if I kind of miss something that is going to, you know, put me in a position where I can, you know, you know, um, overcome the 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 position of reincarnation because I definitely believe in the, in reincarnation and if I've missed something um I would be I would kick myself you know if I'm for example if I'm meeting that uh, the you know I'm the universal one or whatever you want to call it as the Egyptians believe that you'd meet the god of god of Cyrus you know and they'd wear the wear your heart against the feather if I have to do a process of that and I've missed something you know I would I would definitely kick myself you know I really would I think uh, you shouldn't be too hard on yourself I think. When I think of um, with what the like the question relates to, like people re- repeating the same sort of circumstances and different lives with the same people, I think of people who kind of not really practice any sort of self awareness and have kind of been repeating the same traumas and on different relationships and they have to keep sort of going through different lives to figure out those cycles. But I think lo- those of us who are on the sort of the path of consciousness or awareness, I think obviously it's going to play a role. But I think as you as you kind of put your peg into awareness, if that's the right way to put it, but like put your energy more into having awareness, I don't think that's something to be like really afraid of because I think you're going to be working through things quite quick the more aware you are. So, yeah. I don't know. I was going to say something there, but I completely... God, I lost started reading the question and my mind went off trail of thought. Um... My dad actually asks a question, and the question he says, and this is interesting because that's what I was reading when, he, when I was writing it. Um, I asked a quest, that question, earlier question. So my dad asked the earlier question about can we uh, ha- can we sort of... Um, recognise souls. Recognise souls when, when we see them. And um, my dad actually says because... My dad had a friend, which he says in the comments, I'm rewording this, which you guys can understand out there who's watching and listening. But he says he had a friend called Walter who was a Tai Chi master, it was a really interesting guy. I didn't I met him when I was actually younger, and um, an old man actually introduced him to me dad, um, and he he said to me dad that he knew me dad from a past life, 
And then he gave him a book and he said you would understand this in the future. And that was in 1995. So the reason why my dad's prompt is with that, because I keep forgetting to mention this. So bear in mind, like my dad says, hey, just to repeat it again, in case I didn't do it justice. My dad met a, a guy um, a, a long time ago. And in 1995, this old guy gave my dad, gave me dad this book. And he said that you would understand why this book is prevalent. And that book actually was the reason why me and Laura got together, which is really mad. So, so yeah. So, so what happened was, is um, I was at the Lake District, which on a place, um, the Lake District, which has is has a ley lines, um, definitely has a ley lines. That's where the hang hangout's going to be, you know, uh, on the twentieth of June, which is coming up next weekend. I'm so, really so this Sunday, this Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be at this spot where this this story, this book happened. And some magical stuff's definitely going to go down. It's going to be our one-year anniversary as well. Yeah, which is wild. But anyway, what happened was, was um, this book that was given to me dad. Um, I went to my dad's one day and he happened to give us this book. And it's a book on um, Mayan cosmology, I think it is, talking about earth cycles and stuff like that, which is very interesting as well, you know, as my journey's led me down to the work of the ancients now. And as I was opening this book up, it, it actually had... There was a question um, that I was working on. I was working on the question of of, of my soul reincarnation, the reincarnation process. And within the book, there was a, a little um, a cover. A part of the book was folded over and it had an X marks a spot. And it was really interesting, you know. And this whole book was all about the soul connection and, re- and the cycle of reincarnation of like how souls are coming into this realm. And um, the the you know if you the, if you don't if you don't um, if you don't leave this place in a, in a state of heart, you will eventually be recycled through the process of reincarnation, enter that state again, and come back to this place. And uh, what happened was, is um, I put that post on my Instagram, you know, X marks the spot, and um, Laura messages saying, oh, the synchronicities. And as she said that, you know, a, a feeling come through, you know, through my inner body, which is also interesting. And then there's also other synchronicities and things tied to that as well, but I'm not going to continue to go down that that trail of thought but there's also a story that played out on anthony peak's podcast where he, he also had a book that was linked to it as well so it kind of feels like there's in our lives things turn up um and also as well just to answer your question before as well i see you now when you asked the question about reincarnation anthony peak has this concept in his book called the damien where also the damien can leave clues for your other for your higher self as well so clues are manifesting through your interactions clues are manifesting through um, physical humans in a way to give you certain things to prod you on your journey to look at certain things for things to manifest in a certain way so that maybe you can you know change certain life paths change certain life cycles play out certain stories again to to correct the right things so you know this place is mad when you really think about it. you know there's a lot of um, mystical things that are that are that are going on just underneath the, the surface that we can't with our sort of our normal mind we can't see you know yeah i'm just gonna unplug the charger from the laptop um i wonder if that book means anything to your dad did your dad give it to you yeah my dad gave it to me i wonder if um it means anything to your dad also that just reminds me of a story that um you know how we're saying about how the higher self kind of leaves us clues just reminded me of a, a mad experience i had um, about a year or two ago, I, I started up a journal and I normally document my dreams in my journals. And the first dream I had in this journal was I was meditating inside this dream. And when I was meditating, I was shown like an image of two, glo- t- two gloves, two doves in a sand timer. 
and I was meditating, I was having this vision in my dream of two doves and a sand timer. And I thought nothing of it. And then I um, I remember doing a meditation. This was like later down the line. This is towards like the end of my journal. Because normally when I start and end a journal, it's like a significant um, period in my life. For some reason, it always falls on the dates. But I was doing this meditation to get me in t- touch with my heart. And it's in, in, in part of this meditation, it said, your heart's now going to leave you a message. And I got this my mind just started saying white dove, white dove, white dove, white dove, white dove about 15 times and I thought nothing of it and then like a week or so later I was doing a meditation and it came through like I think my spirit animals the the dove and as I opened my eyes from the meditation I looked at my palm and I realized well my wrist here and I've actually got a, a dove tattooed on my wrist and that was the first thing my eyes fell on when I um when I came through like opened my eyes from the meditation it was a dove and like I started crying my eyes out because it's like it feels like the higher self is leaving you little clues all the way along the path and it's all to kind of help you understand more aspects of yourself and I've always been kind of drawn to doves as a kid as well for some reason that's why I got the title intuitively yeah yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised you know that this place is so mysterious I wouldn't be surprised that if our higher self does leave us uh, certain uh certain clues and things to that we have to you know find along the way um it kind of feels like at times, you know, we do have free will, but in, in other circumstances, it kind of feels like we do we don't as well, you know. And yeah. um, that's a kind of another interesting di- uh, dialogue that's playing out in the world. You know, people argue that we do have free will, but it seems that maybe free will free will's interwoven into these things, these mysteries that are popping up. But also as well, the universe also has a kind of plan, you know, that that is um, manifesting. Uh, I see you now says I agree about the clues uh, being manifested, especially through dreams. Well, dreams are something that's fascinated me for all my all my life. You know, something that I've had huge dreams where it seems like um, the dream realm's trying to tell us something. You know, I've I've spoke about this a few times, but I seems I feel like there's there's different ways to differentiate between dreams. You know, there's, there seems to be the dream realm that is has it's a lucid dream. Then you have the dream that's a vivid dream. But then I've been having this other type of third dream lately, which seems like a vision dream. You know, in ancient cultures around the past, they talk they talked about these vision like dreams. You know, um, people like I um ayahuasca ayahuasca shamans, they always spoke about that's the reason how they actually understood the um you know the combination of ayahuasca because in a dream like vision, uh, an entity or a um, or a dream, whatever you want to call it, actually told them the ingredients to mix the. The, the chemical comp the two chemical compounds together which i think is really interesting so it seems like um you know with our western mind now we a lot of people you know for example a, ch- a child has a dream and you'll just go oh it's only a dream honey just go back to sleep don't worry um but you know our dreams when you you know i think in life when it comes to when you when you become a deep seeker you start realizing that there's two veils of operating in this physical realm. You know, there's there's the there's the veil of being rooted deep in the physical where you see everything is just a biological process and everything's happening just on it, which in a natural cycle, um, on like a, a more solid, a small solid basis. But then, as you start um, going through the gears of a, of a waking, waking up and moving closer to yourself, you start realizing that there is another world that abruptly uh, very close to this one, and that world is you know it's the it's the metaphysical, it's the it's the spiritual realm, whatever you want to call it. It's the realm that is linked to to deja vu. It's a realm that's linked to synchronicities. It's a realm that's linked to angels. It's the realm that's linked to psychedelics in a way. It's you know it's the unseen world that is operating alongside of this one, but we 
we we are so stuck in our western mind that we don't move into that one and you know we have to remove our western mind to slip into that world and it's like i said it's, it's challenging to 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 do that um, but you know the ancient minds of the past, and you know ancient um, ayahuasca shamans, um, Native Americans, people like that. You know they were operating in this realm. You know the, the Native Americans, I think, had a term for it called the called uh, the dream time. They called it the dream time. You know, and they would they when they were in that dream time state of consciousness, whether it was having a dream or whether it was, they understood how of a much of importance that was you know they didn't just see it as a passing by like oh it's just a dream honey you know they understood the importance of it and they had to they got together as a community and they transmuted that whole dream into physical reality to to analyze it and put it on a pedestal to really analyze it to see what was going to happen you know they were aware that we do have abilities that are that are beyond the, the physical surface you know so i kind of feel like um that's why when you start waking up on your journey you know, you start having experiences of, of past lives. You know, you start having really interesting dreams that are trying to prod you and give you certain experiences. Uh, for example, um, one of the common themes of what me and Laura experienced, like I said again, reiterate, where our understanding of this is constantly still evolving. You know, in, in terms of soulmates, and it should always be open to keep evolving. You know, we're still uncovering layers of ourselves, and as we, as our own individual souls are, are, um, are evolving. You know, we're going to understand the dynamic that's playing out between us. Um, but as you, you know, as you, as as you move through that process, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say, um, what was I saying? About the other realm and how, as you start working through things, the. I can't remember what I was saying. I lost my train of thought now. I was going to say something interesting. I've lost my train of thought. Anyway. We'll come back to it. Maybe it was meant. Maybe I wasn't meant to say it. <laughs> maybe it's the CIA disrupting your thoughts. Uh, so Ben says hi, everyone. Hi, Ben. So your dad says, I actually didn't understand it until the day I gave it to Dan. Even upside down as Dan was reading it, I I understood what was in it. But until that day, I didn't. Strange though, Dan and I never seen the marked page that day. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, we didn't know there was any marked page. It was very hidden away. It was sort of, it was um, was a very little hidden sort of um, folded up page page with like an X marks a spot sort of thing, which is really wild. So Kevin says... Hope the weather's nice for you when you come down to the lakes. The last month or so, there's been loads of chemtrails, loads of huge flake clouds, and as far as the eye can see, and weird weather. I'm hoping the weather's going to be nice. The weather's been quite nice today. so It's been lush. Yeah, it's been really nice in the UK so That's far. why we've got so. a little bit of a tan. <laughs> We're a little bit bronzed. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to kind of meeting like-minded people and yeah, and seeing everybody. It's going to be sick. Yeah, but like for example, the you know the lake districts are very. It's a magical place anyway. It's something that is very interesting. If you actually type in on uh, YouTube, you type in Lake District and type in um, uh, ley lines. There's a lots of corresponding ley lines that are that have been marked by lots of different interesting minds, like researchers in the UK who believe that there's a lot of ley lines uh, in the Lake District. There's also a lot of. Um, if we, I don't think we'll actually be able to do this on the hangout, but I would like to do this on another hangout or maybe set up a retreat where we can actually spend longer there, you know, get a place set up where we can stay and we can all hang out for longer. But there's also a, a really interesting site of the Lake District. Um, I can't, the name, name slipped me mind right now, but there's an interesting sto- stone circle that's uh, hid away in the Lake District that uh, a lot of people don't know about. And maybe someone in the comment can tell us what that is. I can't remember the name, it slipped me mind. But that's a place I would love to take a, a large group to. 
I think that'd be really cool. But in particular, just to spot where I'm going, I've had a lot of mystical experiences there. Um, I've took psychedelics there on quite a few regular occasions. I've also not took psychedelics and um, tuned into some really interesting stuff. Um, I feel like you know there is there is loads of different places on the planet that um, that you know provide. As I've spoke about on the the podcast I did a while ago called called the uh, the the ley lines. You know, um, right underneath our feet there is ancient energy systems. You know that that uh, are underneath our feet that we can tap into. You know, um, but it's just we've lost we've lost sort of connection with that. You know, we've lost touch touch with that. Yeah, I think. Walking barefoot on the earth is really helpful for connecting to those uh, lines as well. Because well, we've been walking barefoot quite quite a lot recently. And the first day where I walked around barefoot, like the majority of the day, I had like a, a little bit of a download when I, as I slept and I woke up and I kind of had this insight. It gave me like a feeling of how our perception of reality can be can be obscured if we're not very grounded and connected to the earth. And I think that's quite true in spirituality as well. But a lot of people can get these really high spiritual insights but they, they don't kind of ground them back down in a reality in the kind of very upper height and kind of airy fairy and it's not very based in reality so i think um it'd be interesting like if we can go for like a, maybe a barefoot walk in the lakes that, that'd, be, that'd be sick that'd be really be cool. really cool a lot of people speak about um i mean you don't need to do this but it's just an idea but a lot of people talk about um microdosing and going for a hike in the woods uh, microdosing on mushrooms or something or even just using weed you know um and going for a barefoot run in the woods or something like that and you can really feel the the grass on your feet it's like avatar like you know but i feel like we could, we've all we've already got access to that anyway without psychedelics you know we've just lost touch with it i mean even just for example when we went to the you know the last couple of weeks when we've been walking more more and more barefoot we can feel the, the cleanliness you know you can feel the the shift inside of the body yeah there's something about just getting your hands and feet in the dirt that's just like it's just nice and i think we're so like is is it chris ryan that's a civilized to death i think yeah. we're so civilized to death or we don't we're not even like connected and touching the earth and there's something just so grounding and common about just getting your hands and feet in the dirt and gardening and just doing simple things like that it really really just sort of brings you into the the, the frequency of the earth it's like calming it's yeah. nice yeah kevin uh, duran says um castle rig stone circle is the nearest to where i live but there's loads of more dotted around the lakes. Yeah, that's the one I was referring to. That's the the one I was referring to. It's, it looks really cool. Um, there's a lot of, and like you said, there's more. There's more others there as well. You know, stone circles for me always they always fascinate me. They're always interesting places of introspection. I spoke about this such a long time ago. Me and Laura actually haven't went back to. So the video that I did in the past was a place called uh, Dodo Stone Dodo, Circ- yeah. Circles. And uh, me and Laura did some eye gazing, and, and um, we're still processing what we're seeing at that time. We're still not ready to uncover what we're what we're seeing. Or should we talk about it? Should we do it? Nah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. I just think um, <laughs> sometimes I think uh, I don't know. Egos can latch on to certain I know, things. I know. And, so yeah. So I I just we saw some interesting shit anyway, but we're still processing. It was it. <laughs> interesting, but I just don't want to kind of put stuff out there that I'm not really ready to share. Yeah, but stone circles are really interesting. Now. And I think, you know, how cool would it be to get a, a group of like-minded people together and do some eye gaze and practices in the stone circle, you know? I think that would be so cool. That's something that I'm definitely working towards in the future, setting up something like that, you know, where we can go to a particular stone circle as a group and um, do some eye gaze and experiments um, yeah. and keep alternating between the group, you know, and trying different stuff. Yeah. I think that'd be, I, I think that'd be so sick. We haven't eye gazed in a while. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah, we should probably do that soon. 
I think we're not eye gazing anymore because she's scared when I when I headbutted her. <laughs> <laughs> or when you headbutted me more like it with your bloody. You did end up worse off than me, even though like mine was more obvious. With your uh, me weather dodges. Yeah, we've learned not to play a fight like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have anyway. Um, Dave Holmes says, um, "Chemtrails, fake clouds." Yeah, this is this is something that I'm unsure about. I'm unsure about, you know. Um, there's definitely a lot of evidence out there that I've seen um, in terms of that presents itself in terms of you know certain conventional and non-conventional planes spraying the air 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 with certain stuff um you know but for me i'm just not you know i'm not well versed on it enough to give to give me opinion i haven't really it's not been a rabbit hole that's really pulled me in to look into and it's something that i've been trying to experiment with in terms of analyzing the clouds how do they seem i've been looking at certain aircraft that move over in certain ways because it's clear to see that when i do look at certain aircrafts and I, like I say, I'm, 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 I don't even know this. If this is down to, this could just be down to, um, it could be down to density in the air or something, or is it in terms of the the type of craft it is? It creates a different type of, um, like a, I think it's called a back draw. I think when the when the the stuff comes off at the back, because it's clear to see when you look up at the sky, certain crafts do give off different elements of, of um, of pollution. You know, some steer, some go quick, um, some spread out in weird dramatic lines. You know. And we know that technology definitely exists. You know, there's there's research being done on that way. The government have spoke about it. You know, it's it, it's definitely there. But are they doing it on a scale where they're going around the planet and 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 doing this? I I don't know. But um, I'm not I'm I don't know. I'm not too sure. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of people talk about harp and weather manipulation and geoengineering, and I know. I can't remember where I've seen it, but I don't want to like speak as if I'm on a I'm an expert on it. I just something that I saw in passing about like the Chinese government kind of admitting that they that that they can manipulate the weather but i don't know i think when i was a kid i would look up at planes and the 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 i think they're called contrails like the condensation trails would kind of leave straight away but with the the trails that i'm seeing in the sky above us a lot of the time they kind of stay there for quite a while but i don't know i don't want to say that it is a certain thing when it's not and i don't know yeah i think i think you know i think this this you know, there's, there's, there's so many. For for me, you know, we know there's there's so many different. There's evidence of so many different conspiracies that that are out there. You know, we we know that in terms of like people are, are doing interesting work in terms of frequencies that are being pumped out in the atmosphere. People are doing interesting work in terms of chemtrails. You know, we can, you know, and if obviously if you do start looking into it, there is evidence. There is evidence of a lot of stuff. But when it comes to that, I'm just, I'm just not sure. It's something that I'm still sort of. Um, playing with you know i see you now says the chemicals in these so-called chemtrails are the same used in televisions to produce pictures project beam blue beam oh sorry project blue blue beam may need these chems to produce the mass alien envision uh, yeah like i say I, I don't i just don't know i haven't you know I, I really haven't looked into it enough you know a lot of people are saying that aliens are coming soon <laughs> The fake alien invasion so that would be that honestly like at this stage in of reality I, nothing would kind of surprise me mm-hmm. i think it, you know if the if i saw a saucer in the sky at this point like i would just be like all right yeah i just think yeah i think this reality is so much more than what we've ever been taught and i think obviously there's there's plots and government schemes and different um different agendas playing out but 
I just think nothing will really surprise me. Yeah. But I could eat my words in on that, you know. It seems like it's reality at the moment, moment's so it's so muddled up. It's like there's so much there's so many different scripts playing out, so many different timelines. Like something that I've been looking into a lot lately is these timelines. Um a lot of people spoke of these timelines that um that as we wake up in our consciousness we're moving at these different timelines. You know, Dolores Cannon's prevalent to talk about it. A lot of her past life aggressions that she just brought forward when she's been channeling. She spoke about you know these, these um, you know these. Uh, I don't even know what the word you want to call it, but these, these different timelines that as that we can jump onto and move on to, and it wouldn't be. It, it seems like the timeline that we're all in right now, you know, is a. It's already. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it can get any crazier than it already is. You know, like we can see, it's like well, it's like a, the greatest um comedy act that's already playing out now on the planet, and we're in it. You know. Yeah, I think we've all signed up for the big roller coaster <laughs> this lifetime. Which is kind of scary, but I know that because I think on our ascension to the golden age of consciousness, it's like obviously expected to be like, oh, you know, we're we're going into the five D realm now, guys. But in reality, when when systems are broken and they're not working, they're often gonna be they're often gonna come crumbling down, which can be quite catastrophic for some people, and it I think it can be quite messy. So that's the kind of thing that's playing on my mind. Like, what's it gonna look like on our on our way to a, a better era of consciousness yeah. when the systems that we're having are kind of crumbling down in front of us and people are still so many people are dependent on those systems well, if you look at i was listening to a talk today um by i think neville goddard and he was it was like an old talk talking about like timelines and stuff and consciousness but you can you know it's it's the, some of these ancient teach old teachings of some of these minds philosophers in the past still transcend over to the modern day world and he was speaking in terms of um, it's it's very interesting how these minds in the past, like when you hear Alan Watts speak and Terence McKenna and people like that, you know their their words of wisdom are still are even more more prevalent now than they were in the past. You know, just like the the work of um, Huxley, the work of um, George Orwell and stuff. You know, the their their writings are more prevalent. You know, they were like it's kind of feels like they had some sort of like they could see into the future. You know, and enter a kind of sense. Maybe they could. You know. Um, Maybe they were getting downloads. I don't know, but they, it's clear to see that some minds can think into the into the into the, into the past, into the future and the past. Um, but it was speaking about the sense of um, uh, what's gonna say again? Lost me through the thought again. <laughs> I'm one of the nights, like. Yeah, I feel like that sometimes as well. I'm one of the nights. I was gonna say something there about. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. So with what's going on in the world now, you know how we we're at this point of where everything's bubbling on the planet to the surface. You know, from a timeline perspective, it's evident to say that as you're moving on a t- on a timeline, if as you get towards like, you know, for example, you get closer towards where things before things are going to dramatically change. Before you dramatically change, you know, the terms of the the mess on the planet is going to be so. It's going to get to a point where it's going to keep going up so high, so high, and it's going to get to a tipping point where it can kind of get any worse. Then eventually, it's going to start ascending back down at the golden age, and that's kind of the way that Neville Goddard was talking about these timelines which are going on right now. Where and it's evident to see that we know things are the disconnect on the planet is seems like it's getting it's getting to this bubbling point, and I think it's that disconnect at the top of the 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 surface that is causing individual people to change so much stuff in their life, um, and I feel like you know I can see it now. For example, if if any of you out there want to laugh, right, go to Sky News and just read Sky News's comments on the post posts about what's going on in the world now. Uh, you know, there's so many more people waking up. And I think this is an effect that's happening. You know, it's people are, everyone's got their own boiling point. You know, in terms of had, having enough, 
like everyone has, you know, for an animal, for example, you push an animal in the corner, eventually that animal will fight its way out the corner, you know. It'll go back, it'll go back into the corner, it'll retreat, retreat, retreat. And people's thresholds are completely different, you know. We're, we're dealing with a world where people have different traumas, people have different um, susceptibilities, you know, people have different traits, people have different, um, have, have, have different life lessons, people have been brought up in different ways, people are, are stronger than others in terms of confrontation and things like that. Uh, you know, different life experiences have shaped that. Um, and I think we're finding now that what's happening is it kind of feels like on a metaphysical level there's this plan playing out where it is forcing people into their own corners. When is it going to be enough when you've had enough? When are you going to start operating from a place of, um, from your from your true place other than being dictated by rhythms of someone else? You know, when are you just going to um, you know, operate from heart or when are you going to uh, take your power back um, from outside yourself? You know, it seems like so many people now will be, are get out. I can see more and more people starting to fight out that corner now and saying they had en- they've had enough, you know. Well, it, it's traditionally the masculine that would be the ones fighting and protecting, yeah. but I think that's why there's been such a a long-term plan in subduing masculinity, particularly through pornography, which I think is meant to kind of uh, demasculinize and weaken men and kind of make them make them more feminized because they're more subdued and um, they're not really... They're getting sort of instant dopamine hits, so they're not really working towards something long term and fighting and protecting the the pack. But yeah, I think it's just it's been one uh, big psychological operation to get to this stage. But I think the good thing is, I think with the internet and the wealth of information, people are starting to starting to really look out for different alternative sources of information. I know, like a lot of a lot of stuff is censored when you talk about against the the bleep the yeah the, bleep, the, bleep. the v and um and other things that are kind of against the agenda but when you start talking about you know wim hof breathing of like re react like um rebalancing out your nervous system and taking ownership of yourself healing through like holistic psychology and yoga and different models and modalities of healing that stuff's like there's a wealth of information about that available so i don't really think Obviously, being educated about those, um, like the the V and other things, is important. But I don't think it's as important as doing the actual internal work to heal yourself, which there is an abundance of information out there on doing that. Yeah, it's like the work of it's like the work of uh, George, uh, Dr. George Spencer, you know, the placebo effect of how we you can, you know, you you you're the doctor of your own body on a very physical basic level. You know, I know there's a lot more metaphysical principles behind that, but just on a physical basis, you know, you the you're the doctor of your own body, um, and I think that's something that's there's been a there has been a change over the last few years where people have been and that 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 has changed where more people are, are understanding you know how we are a lot more powerful than we've been led to believe and um, but it's clear to see that there is still there's still like a lot of disconnect with that you know there's still a lot of people operating from base root fears where you know they feel scared or they feel in that fear mode where they need something outside of themselves to give them the answer you know but it kind of gets back to the first answer what we're seeing before us as human beings we always want to we always want someone else to do something for us. We always want the work. You know, we don't entrust in ourselves. We don't trust entrust and understand the inner, the inner systems within inside of ourselves. These ancient systems within inside of ourselves that, you know, it's it's very it's very funny because you know the Western mind in terms of believing that we have all the answers is such a small period of time. You know, the further that you go back in history, um, and you start looking back at cu- different cultures of the past, you know, they were all operating from this different state of being. You know, a more holistic approach to life. A more holistic approach to medicine, a more holistic approach to everything, you know, um, and it's only for this small window of period where it seems like the 
the you know the mind has been you know it's been it's been sold the idea of health you know in a in a in a box it's been sold the this new idea of of freedom it's been sold this other idea and so many people are, are getting to this crossroads now and realizing that you know um health rates are going up loneliness is going up depression's going up um all these different things you know suicide rates are going up and so many things are coming to the surface and people are, are realizing is I've, we're at this point now where we're realizing have we gone too far is this the point now where we need to start taking a step back and revisiting some of these old systems that were already there and were serving us well yeah, yeah. i think it's so sad because i think what i think is like mental a lot of people are going through mental health issues at the moment because of like it's understandable the way the world is but I think what depression is, it's in anxiety, it's really like messages from your soul. Like, look, something's not right here. You need to, you need to change something about the way you're living. Mm-hmm. Or the, you need to change your environment. You need to change your life. Like, the, the way you're operating now isn't working. But when a lot of people get those messages from their soul, they've been so conditioned and so, so brainwashed to kind of externalize their power that will go and get put on an antidepressant that will kind of numb those sensations that their body was trying to like communicate to them that, that something's off and that happened to me i was i was put on antidepressants but instead of taking them i decided to do research into different modalities of like regulating my nervous system and uh, getting more in touch with my body and that actually led me to kind of deeper traumas that were sort of manifesting out on the surface of my life and by doing that i am um, I actually was able to tune into my higher self and my life has actually changed dramatically as a result. Like I was studying a law degree and I'm and I was studying a law degree and I was so depressed and anxious and now I realise like that was so far from off where I'm meant to be. I'm actually quite a, like an intuitive and creative person. And a law degree for me is like the polar opposite of what I was meant to be doing. And so my soul was screaming at me like, look, you're you're so off course, you need to start getting back on course. So I'm actually glad that I, I took ownership of myself. And I think a lot more people are starting to do that. Um, I think that's a, a movement that's actually happening on the planet right now. People are moving towards uh, self-healing and taking their power back in terms of healing their uh, mental health issues, which are mostly just trauma responses in response to adverse experiences in childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I'll read this one. Dave Holmes says, fun fact, ancient civilizations fought a god made the sun come up. They were pretty stupid, really. I'll give you a fun fact. People, people think that gods, uh, gods know all the answers about, um, about history and about uh, about space right now, and they're called NASA. <laughs> yeah. Well, who makes the sun come up? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Who makes um, the moon come up? You know, it's interesting one because um, I know obviously um, when it comes to ancient civilizations, this is something that you know it's a, it's a it's a one that. Um, you know, like obviously with the way Dave's wrote that question, I kind of can kind of see that there's a stipulation around ancient cultures. You know, um, we've been indoctrinated so hard in terms of that we are. We you know we like to think that where we are on the planet right now, we're the most advanced we've ever been, and you know, we're in this pivotal moment of, of enlightenment. You know, this is like um, Steve, the guy Stephen Pinker, who wrote the book Enlightenment Now, where he believes that you know we're in the most important, we're in the most best point in human civilization now. We're more advanced than we've ever been. You know. But it's kind of interesting because as you start going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, you can go from you can look at you can argue the metaphysical principles in terms of the, the ancients and how they seen the world, and they were much more highly more sophisticated on a on a on a spiritual basis. But for example, just to bridge the gap to Dave a bit, um, from a more of a scientific perspective, 
Um, I'll give you a few examples of things that you might want to look into. You know, it might change your mind. Look into the read the book War God by Graham Hancock. In that book, he talks about how um, the Amazon jungle is actually um, it's not ma- it's not natural. You know, it's a man made wo- it's a man man made, and it was actually man made uh, th- hundreds of thousands of years ago. And that um, Amazon jungle is actually so tops biological scientists around the world now can't even replicate the soil that was used at the Amazon jungle. So there's a there's this. I don't even know what the right word is, but there's a there's, a, there's an expert in the UK from Oxford University who does who tests soil, right? And he um, took the soil from the Amazon jungle, right? And he actually tested it in a lab, and he said that we've got nothing on the planet that replicates this soil. So this soil, thousands of years ago, by these dumb ancient hunter gatherers, which everyone says, created this very sophisticated soil. And this is a fact; it's in peer-reviewed studies that makes food and makes trees grow much faster than we've got anything possible now on the planet. You know, we know that ancient minds also had, um, looking at the, from a physical basis, look at the, the priest, priest map it's called, um, which is one of the oldest maps ever found. You know, supposedly um, map making abilities were only made in the 1800s, but they had maps that are thousands of years old. And these maps actually had little small engravings on them that said these are from predated maps. You know, um, looking at the work of the Denisovians in terms of um, the domestications of crop. You know, we think that we only started domesticating crops a couple of thousand years ago. You know, but the Denisovians were making crops hundreds of thousands of years ago. You know, domesticating crops. They were making sophisticated jewellery. They're domesticating horses. They were building stone structures that we can't even replicate now. You know, the list goes on and on. And then if you want to go into the metaphysical side of things, you know, they understood celestial cycles. They um, knew the dimensions of where the planets were. Um, they were predicting um, solar eclipses and solar cycles that's going on right now and not to mention that as well he also depicted all the different cycles of consciousness you know so there's a mic drop boom yeah well I think when you look at like cultures like ancient Egypt you can see that they were from the architecture and the art that they left they were kind of much more um, intuitive and in tune with the cycles of consciousness than we are at the moment so I think to call them stupid is is a little bit um Maybe ignorant, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think when it comes to ancient cult- cultures, like I said before, I mean, you know, in school, I can remember getting taught that um, that people, slaves built the pyramids, you know. It's, it's fucking hilarious. You know, like imagine getting a slave, right? Imagine getting, like, getting a, even imagine getting a paid slave worker right now on the planet to do a builder to, to get like, I know my mate builders, you know, they can't be asked half of the time, you know, they'll put a brick anywhere they want and just line it up. Long as it long as it looks okay and the house doesn't fall down, they'll be all right, you know. As long as they get paid, they'll be okay. Um, but imagine getting, paying a slave to actually, to like align a star to, to the Ryan, Orion's belt. Oh, by the way, mate, can you just like, can you just put this stone to match Orion's belt? Good luck with that. While you're getting whipped at the same time. Yeah. And pulling and pulling these massive thousand ton stones on pulleys and with wheels and ropes. Come on, man. I would love to go back and visit that culture and it's like in its prime in the golden age and just see what just to see what it was like because I think it would be so vastly different from what we what we're experiencing as reality right now. Yeah. Like I say, you know, um you know, I'm I'm aware that there is this like sort of course there's this sort of this like um there's this romantic spiel of ancient cultures that they all had figured out you know but it's just it's just like anything it's just like anything you know there is there is going to be at that time period and this is where i think the where the the the, the history starts get conf- conflicting you know think about this for example right that right now in the world right we we are, have mobile phones 
right? We have a mobile phone. We're doing a podcast. We have all this technological advancement. You know, we're in the heart of Babylon. We can go to the supermarket and buy, and buy a mango from a that comes from thousands, thousands of miles away. But however, there's still hunter-gatherers now in the forest living nomadically. So obviously in the past, when there was advanced civilizations, there is also going to be alongside of that, there is still going to be nomadic people that are living alongside the Egyptians, living alongside of the Mayans. And imagine if a natural disaster came along the planet now and wiped us out. All this podcast would go, all the data would go, all the money would go, everything would go. But the only people that would last the stead of time would be the ones who could survive off the land, would be the hunter-gatherers, the ones, the, un the tribes who's out there. And they would be the ones who would rebuild civilization again. So why could it not be that in the past there's evidence of um, natural disasters, you know, like the Younger Dryas, which Ronald Carlson talks about in um, many other interesting minds, how there was an event that, you know, very similar to supposedly the dinosaurs and things like that. I know that's up for debate as well. But in terms of just giving it as an example, there has been celestial events like asteroids and things and, and floods, you know, the story of Atlantis, uh, the great flood in the Bible and stuff like that. Events have come along on this planet and they've affected the human life, you know. And the ones who would last the set of times would be the hunter-gatherers, you know, the ones that were close to that ground. And they would be the ones that would pass the messages on. They were the ones that would keep civilization going. So I feel like when a lot of scientific minds um, speak about we are in the greatest time now, they only look at evidence from hunter-gatherers, you know, from from the different, um, ho uh, what are they called? Um, all the different humanoid species. What are they called? What's the word? Homo sapiens and stuff like that. Yeah. All the different... Um, like Homo erectus and things like that, you know, they, they only analyse that, but they don't never mention that alongside of that, there was also a, a, a species, you know, the, the terms of the human species, we've just popped up on the, on the, on the scale, you know, there is, there's no, there's no link, there's no, like, you know, this is up for debate still, there is no link to where we fully come from, you know, people say we come from apes, people say that we come from this thing, you know, but there's, there's still, it's still up for debate where we've come from, you know, so there's an argument that, um, that Michael Cremo makes in his book, uh, Forbidden Archaeology, where he says, you know, we've this form of level of human, humanoid has always been here, you know. It's always been here. We've had the ability to to to, to you know to, to be more sophisticated than we've had, but natural disasters have come along, wiped us out, and we've had to keep restarting civilization again and again. And I don't know if that's the answer, you know, um, answer. There's loads of theories around how why we why we could be who we are you know there's the work of michael tellinger speaking about the anunnaki how our dna is being spliced and affected and changed and um, so there's there's many ways to that but to again to dismiss and say that we are in the greatest point of civilization now um from a physical perspective and from a metaphysical perspective in, in my opinion is absolutely hilarious yeah baby <clears throat> um So Dave Holmes says, constellations, by the way, Dave, I love you. I really do love you. Um, he says, it's good questions, you know. Uh, constellations change position throughout the year. How do you, what does that say? How do you? How do you line a stationary object up with something that moves? Yeah, like I say, I don't, I, I'm not too sure. I think it, I don't it, know. it could It could line up with it at certain times of the year, but... Maybe it doesn't line up with it consistently, but there is there is periods of time when it does perfectly line up with it. Yeah, so let's read the question again. So he says, for, constellations change position throughout the year. How do you line stationary objects up with something that moves? Well, what they actually did is they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, this is how clever they were. This is how much more clever they were. They didn't just use like stationary objects. They used the sun 
in in the, the way they used the sun and the way the planets moved in correlation to the pyramid. So at different times of the year, the, the, the stars would be placing in relationship to different points within the king's chamber, pointing at different celestial cycles. So as so they exactly knew on the time scale where everything was moving, and they would use the stationary plane of where they've built their monument to point to certain ways at certain times. So for example, like um I'll give you another example of what they did. Um when it winter solace solstice and the summer solstice and things like that, as the sun comes over the horizon, it actually highlights um things that are hidden within the pyramid. So, for example, in the pyramid in Chichen Itza, which is the Mayan pyramid on the steps going up to the stairs, the as the summer solstice and the winter solstice comes over that pyramid, the, the it replicates scales exactly on the summer solstice and the winter solstice scales going up the stairs. Which is other there's other things linked to that in terms of the cosmic energy. Um, looking at the work of um, Carl Kalman, looking at the work of um, like I said before, Michael Cremo. You know, there's lo loads of uh, John Anthony West. Um, Robert Vavell, there's loads of amazing minds that's done the research on that and how they understood um, they were matching these cycles in the sky to also consciousness, you know, and to our, in, to our own inner cycles, you know, and our own inner alchemy, how civilization goes through these periods of golden um, golden ages and they go through periods of dark ages where we have lower minds and higher minds. And if you match up the timescales as well and you look at the timescales in terms of... Um, where we are right now on the planet you know their predictions really do match up in terms of where we were at one point you know how um roughly 14 15,000 years ago the building of Gobekli Tepe uh, the pyramids in Egypt uh the Nazca lines and things like that seems like they were operating from a higher mind and then there's been a fall in consciousness to where we are now and we're moving back again to that golden age and all their predictions all spoke about this you know so uh wonderful van life says i love being a nomad i'm really looking forward to that nomad life i think uh, the, this weekend at the lakes is going to be like a a nice little taster of our nomad life even though the electrics isn't done in the van yet so i'm looking forward to it so dave says uh the biblical flood has been disproved i think I don't think it was meant to be a physical flood. I think a lot of the time, there's a there's a beautiful quote. I can't remember the guy who said it, but this he said something like, "It's not like the these stories in the Bible and these ancient stories were were told literally, and we're now smart enough to take them metaphorically. It's that they were told metaphorically, and we're now dumb enough to take them literally." So I think when people talk about a flood, it can be a it can be a cleansing of the planet. It can be like an apocalypse where the veil lifts and the lower consciousness on the planet can kind of be rinsed out. So it, I don't think, you know, when people speak about the Bible as if it it literally happened, I think it's more of a, a metaphorical story of human consciousness. But there, to add that as well, though, there is there is physical evidence, evidence of a flood as well. You know, I'm on, I, I, I agree with Laura that these things are, are, are took quite literally. But from a physical sense, there is evidence. Looking at the work of Ronald Carlson, he's done all the... He's done all the the back work on this, and he's a, he's a really intelligent mind. You know, he has. I don't even need to see it because people see he's intelligent. Cause he's got a PhD, but he's got all the credibilities. You know, and um, he's been debated on podcasts and stuff like that. And he's actually got the ground evidence suggesting that he's actually got the evidence suggesting that there was a create uh, an asteroid that hit the planet. And he's he's you know, he's, he's and for example, if you read um, if you read uh, and I mean I know this as well. What I'm going to say here, this doesn't suggest that suggest what this actually contradicts what i'm seeing but i'm just trying to show how much i can think um 
if you research the work of a, a book called Underworld by Graham Hancock, where he spent uh, seven years visiting under underwater pyramids, because a lot of people don't realize that most of the pyramids around the world are underwater. So it's it's evident to say that there has been shifts in tidal in tidal um, in the tidal tide levels, you know, where civilizations were closer to water and tides have have changed. Um, sometimes there's evidence on the ground, which Graham Hancock argues in his book Fingerprints of the Gods, that this has happened um, in a in a very fast period, you know, in terms of what evidence they have on the ground. So it does seem to be that there is physical evidence of some of some event that happened on the planet, where people who live close to coastal lines in the past, something did come along that wiped out a lot of people. Um, so there is physical evidence for it as well. I haven't got it all at the top of my mind, but. You know, look at the work of Ronald Carlson. Look, read the work of Graham Hancock, Fingerprints of the Gods. He goes into loads of examples in that. And look into the work of the book called Underworld as well by Graham Hancock, which is a cool book. It's a long one, though. So I see you now says, I was a zombified moron for 45 years uh, of my controlled, negative, miserable life. But then I became aware of the lies. Took a long time for me to wake up. Yeah, um, I think I was about 22, 23. I think about 22 when I started to wake up, which I kind of think that's that was quite late, but I'm kind of realizing that it's it's actually, I think a lot of people are waking up sooner, but I think it's a nice, it's a nice age to wake up. When did you start to really, to like sort of question reality? Um, I don't know. Like I said, I've always had moments in my life where I've been, where I was, I remember looking out my window and thinking that there's, there's something not right with the world, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it was more so. It's a it's an unfolding, isn't it? You know, it's you unfold as you start looking at different topics. You start realizing that everything we've been told, most of it is a bunch of shit. You know, and um, you start unraveling it and looking into so much stuff and realizing, hold on a minute, we've been taught this, but this doesn't add up. Why we're we seeing this? You know, we're looking at history, like I was saying before. You're looking at everything. You know, psychology, health, trauma, healing. Yeah. And realize that we've, you know, we've been we've been sold a lie in so many areas, and we're finding our way back to that now. Yeah. Um, Khaled said, "I would disagree with you on that point. We might be in a low point, consciously, but the nature of our evolution takes place in cycles. Are we not better off than the last dark ages? It gets better, you know. Well, um." Yes. So, how would you? How do you? How would you? Just for my sort of misunderstood that. What do you? How would you? What do you think? What he means about by that? Just so before I answer it. So I, I kind of when he says, "Are we not better off than the last dark age?" I think. I think he kind of means that even though the 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 cycles of consciousness, I think it maybe he means that it spirals up. Even though there might be low points, that low point where at now could be better than the low point that was at previously. I could be wrong in interpreting that. But, but... Yeah. Well, I think if you mean that. Um... Well, I don't. I don't think we've got any. Well, I think what we don't see. So I don't think we've got any. We've got any. What I what I know of, we haven't got any evidence to 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 correlate that. So because we're not in the dark age now, and we went in the dark age in the past, we're coming out of the we're out of the we're out of the dark age now. You know, 
Um, so according to ancient cultures, if you're looking at the work of ancient cultures, they believed that, you know, the golden age was the period with the Egyptians 14,000 years ago, you know. Um, Robert Schock uh, dated the, the Sphinx to 10,000 years old. We know that Gobekli Tepe is at least 14,000 years old. So we know, um, so the, all the theories around all the ancient scholars all believe that that was the golden age. And as we moved out, then the golden age dropped, you know, and we moved into the... Um, the dates in between of that. Now we're back on the ascension of the golden age. So I don't think we've got anything to, you know, we're not on the dark age now, you know. Um, we I think we're on the point of ascension now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we're like kind of... It's hard, to, it's hard to say, you know, because, sorry, it's hard to say that, we, you know, we're not in the... We, people might think we're in the dark ages now because we're in a in a, a pandemic, you know, or whatever it is, and we've got all these different things that's playing out. But, you know, really, that's... Um, it's just... That's just the darkness coming at the end of the end of the line, you know. It's holding on, you know. It's coming at the end of the service to reach the bubbling point, you know. So we're not in the middle of the dark age now. So we've got nothing to really compare to the to the dark ages, you know. Yeah. We can definitely see from a human perspective, a human psychology perspective, that that the mind on the planet, um, you know, even even just two hundred, three hundred years ago, was a lot more barbaric, you know. We've got evidence on the ground from that, you know, a lot more barbaric. Um, not every human being, you know, but history definitely, history could be wrong as well, you know, but there's definitely seemed to be that there's on the ground stories and stuff of like, of more, a more barbaric nature, you know, people uh, fighting a lot, you know. I know that's still going on now in a different form, um, but it's clear to see that we are moving towards something different, you know. Yeah, 100%. Should I answer a couple more? I'm getting kind of, uh, yeah. kind of tired now. So, um, which one should we go from? This one? Wait, let us read this one. I love these debates, man. They're so cool. Uh, Dave Holmes says, but these constellations are in a different place to where they were thousands of years ago, same as the North Star changed. So if it lines up now, it didn't back then. Um, I don't, like I say, it's, it's, it's a complicated one, you know. I mean, all I would say to you is it's just... You know, look into the look into the work of like the best. I think the best person to, be, to look into and who's done the best work on correlations is a guy who I had on my podcast a while ago. Um, here, well, actually, he wrote a book of Robert Veld. So if you just type in the Orion mystery, in the book the Orion mystery, um, he wrote it with a guy called. I'm really sorry, I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, if you type in Robert Bevel, the Orion mystery, he he breaks down from a scientific perspective why that is the case. You know, um. Um, but I haven't got it at the top of my mind now. But I, I do know that the, in that book, because I have read it, I just can't remember it now. You know, I can't remember every single topic. Um, they do break down from a scientific perspective why that is the case and why that's happening. Mm. Um, and there is a really sophisticated uh, reason why the, why it is, and it makes sense, but I, I slipped my mind now. So, uh, wonderful van life says, you can't take the flood literally. If not, put the whole food chain on a boat. Only the lions would get off uh, when the floods receded yeah i think like i said like i quote before i think um i think it's quite naive to kind of take stories like that literally and not metaphorically so yeah what what was that one here which one this one what one you just read sorry this one here uh you can't take the flood literally nor put the whole food chain on a boat the lions yeah, will get off definitely uh, Dave says, I'd love a real chat with you when you come my neck of the woods, the lakes, but we are expecting a baby any day now. Yeah, oh, that'd be congratulations. Cool. Come down the come down the lakes, that'd be cool. You know what it is, Dave? I, I love your questions because you know, um it sparks it it makes me question 
certain things within me that might be out of balance you know <clears throat> i'm always aware that there's things that i can't see you know so i'm always like you know i will obviously defend certain points of consciousness which i can which i believe i can see now you know but i know there's also stuff that i can't see but then questions you know they these are common questions that people when they, when you talk about questions of of ancients and stuff like that and the the mystical and stuff you know i can kind of see the way like you're communicating you know you, obviously you st- i know you, you still watch all the podcasts and stuff and you still you know you're still open-minded obviously because you're still watching stuff but you just slightly have a different opinion you know which is it's there's nothing wrong with that it's absolutely fine well that's like the good thing about this it's like it kind of sparks debate and it yeah, creates a more of a dialogue to kind of deepen your own perspective on on, yeah, on things if you expected everyone to think exactly the way you thought the world would be yeah, horrible so should we just do one more yeah um so I see you now says, will you do a show on your Lakes Walk with your friends for us that sadly can't be with you? Yeah, we'll, we'll try. But the thing is, is at the Lake District, there's no, um, and this is what I actually like about the Lake District, is that there's no, um, there's not much Wi-Fi connection, especially where we're going to be going. Uh, there's no like yeah there's no signal there's no signal um I've, especially the place that's why i really love about the place where we're going it's, it's got no um you can't get a signal anywhere on no matter on any phone you know um we, the the obviously the, the 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 van build that we're building at the minute we've still got one more thing to do on it which is electric so we can so when we're on the move we can be doing live podcasts in the van uh, we're going to have wi-fi you know um, in the van but it's not set, it's not done yet it's not set up so if I had that, there could have been a possibility, but I still don't think where we're going to be in terms of the Lake District. There's going to be um, there's going to be any any signal. We'll try and do one maybe on um, maybe the night before or something. We'll try and do one. I'll try and do it from my phone or something. Uh, but I can't I can't pro- I can't promise that. I might record. I might try something different. You know, I might. Who knows what's happened? I don't want to put any emphasis on. I don't want to put any like. Um, what's the word? I don't want to put any. I don't want to like pre-script what's going to happen because because you don't know when when people when loads of people get together you don't know what's going to go down you know yeah anything could happen you'll be there with us in spirit though we could all get murdered in the woods or get or even or even worse get bummed <laughs> jesus christ daniel bummed by the bears yeah should we call it there? yeah we'll call it there <laughs> <laughs> all right, it was really nice uh, chatting to you. I can't wait for the weekend, so we're gonna have a hangout. It's yeah, gonna me, be amazing. me too. I'm looking forward to. So, like I said, if you if you're interested in coming to the hangout, and Dave, like you said, you're not far from the um, from the uh, Lake District. I would it'd be cool if you could come as well. You know, um, bring your baby. <laughs> I know you just have your baby's born. You have your baby's born. Um, but you know, you, it, it's going to be in the morning. We're going to have a, um, it's just going to be a nice nature walk. You know, it's not going to be nothing strenuous. Um, and then we're just going to hang out in the afternoon and we're just going to chill around the campfire, which would be so sick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I really love you all anyway. And sorry about my passionate rants about the ancients. Don't touch my ancients. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See I, I, have, I have wet dreams about the ancients. so He does. I can confirm that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of wet dreams about the ancients. <laughs> anyway, I love you. I love you all. Wherever you are in the world. Whether you're in a camper van like wonderful 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 van life, um, or you wherever you are in the world, uh, I love you all. All right, peace out. Peace out. See you later. I hope you liked that uh, podcast conversation. The hangout style it is always cool, as I always say. It's cool to see similar faces turn up again and again, and it feels like we're having some sort of virtual hangout, and obviously gets to record it for 
for you guys to listen on audio, but they're recorded on the YouTube channel if you're ever interested in coming over. And like I said, guys, um, this is probably going to be the last podcast before the Hangout. Um, might not be, but it probably most likely will be because I've got a lot on. Um, but the Hangout is going to be on the 20th of June at the Lake District. If you the last minute want to come to this thing, you know, um, I don't know when the next one's going to be. It's the first one we've ever done to get over the line. It'll be really cool. It'll be a special one. Uh, reach out to me and I'll, I'll send you over the details so that you can find out how to come to this. It's free for everyone to come. Be doing a nature walk and then be just hanging out in the nighttime and chilling out and having some a campfire, looking at the stars and having some deeper stories. So if that interests you, reach out and I will send you across the pinned location to where this is going to be. It's a really nice spot. Um, and I think that's all I'm going to say. If you can, as always, check out the donation option of this podcast, like I mentioned in the in the intro of the podcast. Please, if you can, just find it in your heart. Honestly, um, any amount that you can donate or if you can become a patron, or even if you know if you want to support the podcast in in a way, you can uh, sign up for some coaching, and that would also help me and in the process. I can add value to you as well. So I love you all, wherever you are in the world, um, and I'll catch you whenever that next time is. Peace out, wherever you are in the world. Love you all. And just to play this one out, actually, as I always do, this is a, a really clean song. It's a cool one. It's called I think this is how you pronounce it. I think it's called Pastapuro. Pastapuro. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's by an artist called Para. Vancouver. It's a cool one. Peace out.